0: Jimmy McElroy, you to go?
1: Hello and welcome back to From the Be all End podcast. I'm Simon Evans and with me is a full team today. Andrew Greaves, Chris Borden, Paul Woodhouse and Justin Connolly. And later in the show, we have a special guest. We'll be talking to former Manchester United defender Burnley Bourne and with two relatives who've played for the club as well. Chris Casper joins us to look ahead to Burnley versus Manchester United. But before then, we'll get into all the topics and all the meat of it all with the full crew here. Manchester United coming to Turf Moor. Chris, you've seen plenty of times when Manchester United have come for Turf Moor and they've been in a bad run of form like they are now and then it doesn't end as we would have hoped. What are your feelings about Saturday's game?
2: Well, i say you'd like to think, like you said, you, you look back, uh, everyone remembers that famous famous night or you know, the Burnley's first home Premier League game when uh, obviously beat the reigning, uh, reigning champions with that. Robbie, Robbie Blake Volley. They've only scored once at Turf since <laughs> when uh, when Jay equalised uh, last time out. One win in 16 against United in the Premier League. But it's, they always seem to produce when they... You know, no matter what form they're in, they're one of those sides that, uh, you know, they'll bring Martial off the bench and he'll just, you know, pop up with a piece of magic from the edge of the box or Rashford or a Fernandez. Pogba's, had, you know, usually had a good game, obviously not there anymore. But uh, you, you just cannot write Manchester United off. I mean, you know, they're, they're not they're not Premier League challenges anymore. They, you know, it's 10, uh, 10, 11 years since they, since they last won it. They're not Champions League uh, perennial challenges in that anymore. They might win a domestic cup, but... If they turn, they'll turn up on Saturday, and you don't—you have not a clue what to expect.
1: <laughs> Greasy, you watched them against Bayern Munich, I believe. Um, I watched that game as well. I wasn't impressed. And uh, what were your what were your feelings about the state of United at the moment?
3: Yeah, just before we started recording, me and Chris were talking, and Chris used the word rabble, and I think that's it. I mean, the defense is is a rabble, the midfield is a rabble. You know, going forward, the lad Hoyland looks looks pretty decent, but I'd still rather have Jamie. Um, and Rashford, look at that, look at that. Uh, and, and Rashford, Rashford is trying, but he's just surrounded by sulkers, by people who aren't good enough. And you know, as you hear in the interview with with Chris a bit later, you know, he shares that sentiment, doesn't he? He's you know. They just have this defence that they've pieced together. There's no identity. There's no, you know, we've talked on off air enough times about Martinez and, uh, and, and Anthony not being good enough. Obviously, Anthony, you know, back in Brazil, he won't be playing, but... I tell you what, you know, I'd, I'd love Foster without getting all Kevin Keegan. I tell you, I tell you, I'd love Foster to get at that United defence. Whoever they play, whether it's Lindelof, whether it's Evans, whether it's Maguire, who I think's injured. I mean, I think they had three keepers on the bench yesterday. They took four keepers uh, mm. out to Munich because they've got this, you know, they've got this mini injury crisis. They've got... Um, Sancho's been banished because he's fallen out with with Ten Hag and the coaching staff. Rabble is probably the best word to describe him, as Chris said. It's just they're just a, a mixture of badly put together players. Just a
0: Manchester United. <laughs> I right. sort of sort of agree with with what's been said, but I I, I, do, I disagree about the Bayern Munich game. Actually, I thought they played pretty well that first half. I think that's probably one of the best halves they've they've put together and i think they were hit by two goals on on the break that first goal obviously Anna should have saved that nobody's questioning that and i think when they when they managed to um when they managed to get back into the game and then they were given they were suffer, suffered with the var again like we did didn't they I, I mean i i don't know what everyone anyone else thinks but i think get to give a penalty for a, a situation like that it, it is is ludicrous it's sort of it's one of them one of them decisions like we got against forest where you just sort of think what's the point in playing the game if if stuff like this is going to happen um but i I think this game is a game and i I, I know they're not obviously not the, the team they once were and the problems that they've got trickling down through the club from the catastrophically incompetent ownership um they're not going anywhere are they um and I, I agree that they are they're really vulnerable at the back. I, I'm reading, I read before that Varane might might be back in the squad. I think he's probably the only world class central defender they've really got. So that's bad news for us. Um but I think we, you know, we we could definitely cause them problems. We they you know we've got I'm looking forward to those individual duels. I think if if Casimiro has got got gonna be looking after Amduni, he's gonna have his hands full, isn't he? And, you know, I wouldn't like to be facing uh, Coley Osho after the confidence builder of that 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 game last week. Um, Rashford looks like he's suffering a little dip in form, so that's all good news. I mean, well, they are still dangerous. aren't they? they've still got those individual players who who even when they're not playing well can turn a game. But so I, I don't. We might if we can carry the form on through the from the Forest game, we might get something. But I think I think definitely Foster's going to be a, a massive miss.
1: He is Woody. What are your thoughts about this one?
0: Well,
2: <clears throat> they're a rabble of a shambles that can still bag three either off. So they're like a little wounded terrier, aren't they? I, I mean, which means it'll obviously be nil-nil. But um, I genuinely think I think we can I, I think we can scare the living bejesus out to him because I think they'll turn up. their heads won't be in the right place. They'll be often. Will be whining. The other lot will be mourning. So I think they'll have a, a slightly torrid time on the turf. And uh, let's give it
0: him. Let's give it him.
1: The thing about United, the way that they play, is like, I, I thought this under Solskjaer as well. They were quite effective on the counter-attack. Um, and they won some big games under Solskjaer against, you know, City and had good performances against Liverpool at times by playing on the counter-attack. And it still looks to me like they'd be better off being a counter-attacking team. But there's something, I mean, about, you know, the whole sort of... I remember Solskjaer winning one of those big games and, and, like, reading stuff where it's saying, like, but this is the level Manchester United have sunk to. Yes, they can win, but they can only do it on the counter-attack. As though there's something wrong with playing on the counter-attack. Mm-hmm. I'd be worried if they came and played with Casemiro, shielding the defence and looking to to Rashford to break away. And if they played, you know, I don't know who they'd play on the other side. But... Uh, they still got good players. It's going to be. A, I was listening to company just now, a little bits of him, and he's definitely in manage expectation mode. I mean, he seems to do quite a lot of that, doesn't he, Andrew? He does, and I think there's that.
3: There's, you know, it is about managing expectations. You know, we we've obviously all we've just spent the last few minutes kind of slagging off United and saying you're a rabble and things like that. But you know, as Woody said, they've still got players who could come and and take three offers again. You know what I mean? If we're not on his game. You just kind of think about that record Chris mentioned, one goal, the equaliser for Jay last year, one winning 16 against them. They're the kind of stats that over the last few years under Dice in the Premier League, we went to Anfield, never, no, not once in 74. You go to Old Trafford, not mm. once in X and all that lot. And I think it's, you know, eight o'clock Saturday kickoff's a weird time. You know, everything just feels a little bit kind of our tails will be up after the Forest game. I think we'll want to prove some having missed out on three points. Um, You know, I, I just wonder whether he will again change the system. He's going to have to because of because of Foster missing. I just wonder whether... You know, we perhaps see Tressor in a number 10 role. I'm through the centre. You bring, you know, Collie Offshore and then you get somebody else. You know, I just wonder whether he goes for the juggler early doors and and kind of gets it to a point where, you know, you blitz them like Forrest did and then keep it tight at the back. Blitz them like uh, Brighton did. Blitz them like... Bayern Munich did last night in in certain areas. They are they've got gaps everywhere to kind of feed into, and I think that's a you know that's that for me would be what I'd do. Go on, you know balls out, let's try and
2: get ahead of them. Mm. They all, if you could go to like, I mean, it was no no surprise that Brighton like had, well mauled them last week. Not only beat them, mauled them, and if you can, you know, if Burnley can play, you know, similarly to Brighton, you know, the the you know they're going to try and play out from the back as Brighton do. Will they play as, you know, as intelligently as Brighton did? Will they be as clinical as, as Brighton were, as Bayern were? You know, it's, <laughs> it's one thing that I say that, Burnley have created plenty of chances in games. I mean, even Monday night, you know, the little situations that you know, weren't quite golden opportunities, but you know, on another night, you've got to be lucky to put those away really, but uh, Really encouraged by what we saw the other night. I think he'll just, he'll probably play Am for Foster, and then you know one of the wide options where uh, where Am played, you know may, maybe Trezor or uh, you know a, a, a Zor- a Zorori or Benson or Odebrecht or <laughs> Brun Larson. It's it's unbelievable the sort of depth they've got in that area. So it's plenty of options, but I say Am did all right in that. You know, it's against City. He played like as the central one of the uh, the forwards, and uh, with Foster, you know, in a wider zone. And uh, you know, they're interchangeable, aren't they? Really, I don't think uh, it will it will be a miss because he's had an absolutely fabulous start. But uh, there's enough quality and enough depth. Mm.
3: Yeah, we've said it before, though, haven't we? I mean, I, I think position's like a, a vague concept for, for company. It, it, it's a front three, isn't it? It's a front three, and I almost think, you know, I saw somebody on Up the Claret suggesting backline, as we'd expect, but then kind of Brownhill and Cullen, Burge in front of them, and then this front three. So it's a four-two-one-three trying to work out. That's 10 out of the up there, I think it is. And that's what you want, you know what I mean? You've got that shield of... Cullen and Brown who you've got the energy of Brown who you've got him shielding Cullen who's then shielding the back four you've got Burge who can then come out wide I thought he looked brilliant when he was coming out wide you know that's how he got the the, you know if we're going to take the Jose Mourinho route that's how he got our winning goal on Monday night and having that front three that can interchange you know you look at United Reglion and whoever's going to play a wing back at the other of course, you'd want Collie Oshaw getting after him. Of course, you'd want Amdouni getting after You know, you'd happily, that front three, just say, right, you you just spread your wings. You do whatever you want. Interchange where you want. Just get at them. Test that keeper from distance. You know, hang mm. balls in from set pieces. The set pieces have got to be better. Brownhill set pieces. The one thing I've not missed from Josh Brownhill. Warful again on Monday night. We've got to get better at set pieces. Crowd that keeper. Chris Casper later on will describe Anana as excitable. It's a brilliant word to describe him. He's all over the shop. He can't sit still. He's busy shouting. He's doing all this nonsense. Get at him. Put him under pressure. He will crack. That back four United will crack as well.
1: So we don't think that J-Rod's set for a recall against Manchester United, reliving his great uh, winning goals against them?
2: Be surprised, wouldn't you? Like I say, I just think he'll... One of the one of the front three, I'll just interchange and just uh, say just drop one in. I'd like to see him play because he, he, you know he's technically gifted. He's, he's got a, a knack of a goal against United, and then he'll bust a gut for you know for, for his own club. But uh, you know, but would anyone moan if he was in the starting line? I don't. I don't think so. I think he's, no, you know, he's still. No, I don't think so. Got no. the, uh, yeah. So he's again He's another he's another very very good option that's uh, that's available.
3: I think one of the biggest things, really, with 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 Jay's, I think he can be a real impact sub. You know, you can bring him on. You know, when you're perhaps looking at you needing someone in both boxes for set pieces. You know, the thing that Jay brings you, that I think Foster brings you, is that strength in his own in his own area when we're defending corners. We've seen that in the opening games. You perhaps don't get that from Colley Osho. You perhaps don't get that from amdouni because of their stature you know Jay for me if you're only going to get x amount of minutes out of him cuz he's you know he, he's you're not going to get 90 out of him do you bring him do you start him let him wear him down and bring someone quicker on or do you kind of when they're a bit pliable and things like that do you then bring j on like he came on against was it spurs or villa villa i think it was You know, that for me, I think, is where the impact you get from from Jay in the Premier League these days. I think that impacts of last half an hour when Colliosho tires and you perhaps switch your system a little bit. Because again, we're not getting 90 minutes out of Colliosho at the minute because he's not quite at that level just due to the lack of football he's played at this, you know, senior men's level. So for me, I'd be bringing Jay on to make a real impact when you need both ends of the box, you need set pieces with someone of like his stature, height, strength,
1: etc. Yeah, I'd be tempted to play Jay, but 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 um, I just have a feeling that we're going to see Trezor. I just think it's you know if he if he's the the superstar that we've uh, been told about and the player of the year from the Belgian league, what better way to make an impact in English football than than playing against Manchester United at home, a beatable Manchester United. I think it's got like hero stuff written all over it. As that, it'll be interesting to see if he does because. I don't know where he. I haven't seen enough of him to know. But you, you, you know, is he a winger or a number ten, or can he play both? What What do we know about him?
2: both, from what I've seen. He's just very direct, yeah. good at you know, driving forward with the ball. I say a lot if you look at his goal, you know, his goal and assists reel, A lot of it's from central. You know, a lot of it's left hand side. He's. Uh, but like I say if, if he, he's come to Burnley wanting to play, you know, that this is probably one of the first games on the list, isn't it? If I if yeah, if I'm coming to you, yeah, I want to play against Man United and Arsenal and Chelsea and Liverpool and City and if you you know, it, 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 you know, it, in terms of the fee, maybe not the the marquee signing, but you know in, in terms of impact, he might be the one that has the biggest of all. But yeah, you know, say Belgian player of the year. Got, you know, he's on the fringes of that uh, that you know senior setup in Belgium, and uh, well, I say no better to, no better way to put yourself on the radar. He's Just saying, he's going to be the guy to replace Foster's Straight Lines.
0: <laughs> I don't. I think. um when he came on uh, on Monday, he showed some really nice touches, didn't he? Yeah. There was a little bit of class about him, and you could see it straight away. My my worry about it is that if you get if you're going to stick, Amduni doing it up top and in behind him. That sort of changes the dynamic of the team completely, doesn't it? Whereas, I think I think uh, J Rod is a bit more of a direct replacement. Sort of kind of can play in a similar way, Connie, with his back to goal as Foster does, strong and 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 lay off and stuff, but you know we have changed our style from time to time haven't we we don't always play the same way we do what it takes to to what whatever company thinks um we need to 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 win the game or do well in the game i think that's one of the things we've got over united I, i've seen them play a few times um and this season and last season and I, i'm not i'm not overly convinced by ten hag i i, I think i think there's quite a lot of 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 what Gary Neville talks about, which is kind of trying to solve problems in game rather than having a plan that you can execute, you know. And and, and they have got the superstars that can do that. They can, you know, find a goal from nowhere. <clears throat> but I think we've got a really clear, we, we set our stall out, don't oh, we? This is what we're going to do. And we just go ahead and do it. And I think that might be something we can take encouragement from for for Saturday because... If we can play the game in their half and put them under pressure with the with the talent we've got up front, um, it doesn't really matter, really, which four he chooses. They're, they're all capable of, of creating chances in, in, and scoring goals.
2: So Brighton's changes were quite subtle, weren't they? They were saying if you look at you know the way he he's usually splits the centre-backs, but he realised that United's strength was sort of central and he split them wider. And push the fullbacks further on, and all of a sudden they they were just playing, you know, yeah. they, 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 they beat United down the flanks rather than sort of you know playing through the thirds as such. And uh, yeah, they weren't they weren't able to
0: press in the same way up front, were they? No. And it was kind of, but they didn't have any answer to that, which is which makes me sort of wonder what the if there is a plan B when things go wrong.
2: I do. So talk that about plays. identity, yeah. Yeah, sorry, you say identity. Identity is the thing with United, isn't it? You know, we've you know he's been here for a couple of years, Ten Hag, and he's still what are they a counter attack side? Are they a possession side? He's brought the keeper in for him to be a possession side, but yeah, mm. they you know they brought a keeper in to be you know to be good with his feet and haven't really got the defence around him for to utilise that. So mm. rather than a keeper who was wasn't great with his feet. They've now got one who's not great with his hands. and they're, uh, <laughs> to, 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 At the end of the day, they'd be better off with Tom Eaton in goal, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah.
3: I thought that last night. Yeah. I saw a stat when they were 2-0 down last night. I think I sent it to you, Sam. This season, Anana had faced 12 shots and he'd let in nine when they were 2-0. Now, he made a couple of decent saves between 2-0 and 3-1 when Harry Kane's mm. Harry Kane scored his penalty slightly I agree with Justin. I think it's uh,
0: mm.
3: I think the decision is just ludicrous. Um but that's that's the kind of keeper you've got. I think the most damning thing last week and you touched on it or Justin touched on it in the press. I mean the lack of press from Man United, the lack of effort to go and press the ball you know, that's what good teams are built on these days. You know, we press when we when we sense a chance to kind of get a team to hit it long. We did it against City and it worked, You know worked well enough in terms of, you know, never seen Edison play so many long balls because of the press. But it wasn't just pressing for pressing's sake. At times we were hanging back. United, I watched some of the Brighton game back um, earlier this week and it was just, it was shocking to see the lack of, urgency in the united press and brighton you know we've seen brighton against liverpool where you know somebody will literally just put their foot on the ball invite the press and then try and, and it became just too easy for brighton you know if you kind of went right you've never seen a game of football before who's the big club out of these two who's the who's the club that's dominated english football for you know dominating english football for many many years you know have an identity the, the united way of doing things you wouldn't pick Man United. You'd pick Brighton because Deserve, even though he's not been in for that long, I know he's been in kind of you know a season a bit now, or just about a season. I think it, that identity was just there straight away. It was there last season. I thought they might struggle this season. No real signs of that. They're you know they're kicking on. Signings have been good. United's recruitment has been poor since before Ferguson left. Let's be honest, Solskjaer's sure had his say this week about Ronaldo looking and feeling like the right idea and it turned out to be shite. You know, that goes throughout the whole club. United are a shambles.
1: I'm starting to the... get I'm starting to get the feeling this is going to be one of those podcasts that we listen back to in a few days. <laughs> we'll just put this out on, on Monday morning.
2: Uh, but you, look at, you see, I think exactly. one of the goals... Uh, one of the goals last night, I think John John Walters was highlighted. I think the referee outpaces four United players to get like, <laughs> much, much, much like I used to moan about the referee jogging past uh, uh, Jeff Hendrick for Son's wonder yeah. goal. You know where where he just walked through the Burnley defence the length for the field. But uh, yeah, and the referees got more desire to get back into the Burnley eighteen yard box than uh, Jeff. Bendrick, but yeah, McTominay again. Like you know, the one one area of his game, you expect him to bust a gut, and the and the referee's jogging past him. Yeah, it's just shameful. It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, see, but you you look back at it, you know, the United way was four four two, flying wingers. You know, get the ball to the two centre forwards, and football's changed. And I, I I long think you know they they tried to adapt, didn't they? They tried to you know. Like going back over 20 years, this, you know, you bring a veron in, didn't quite work. They tried to make, you know, you know bring a more continental style of play and it never really took no, off.
3: Know,
2: ended up like, you know, you, you, the, the best United side in recent memory is the one with uh, Ronaldo, Rooney and Tevez up mm. front. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for all their ability, they, my, my God, they didn't have good after three of them, you know. You do
3: look at United almost like I look at Everton. How many top managers or managers who've been big managers elsewhere have come into that club and not made a do of it? Mourinho, Van Hall, you know, they've had a couple of shitters. Let's not beat beat about the bush. You know, they've made a couple of bad appointments. But they've had these big managers who've won stuff everywhere they've gone. Jose, and they get to United and the whole place is an absolute dog's dinner. You know, the recruitment's poor. You know, we talked, we talked so many times about who could they have got. They could have got Haaland, turned it down. Could have got Bellingham, turned it down. Could have got X, could have got Y, turned it
2: down. Well, Bellingham you know, turned them down, didn't they? I think. Oh, yeah, turn, that's right.
1: Yeah.
3: But it's that, you know what I mean? It's that kind of, it just, as a United fan, I know plenty of United fans, and it, it's just, Ten Hag, you look at and go, is he the elite manager? And I thought he was at the start. You kind of go, you know what, he's got good pedigree. But it's just, I, I think it's, you know, they're light years behind everybody else. You know, they're absolutely light years. They won't get top four this year. They might not even get top seven because well, they, be, they might
1: They might be wrestling. as good. They might be as good as Aston Villa, who whooped us on the turf. I mean, what mm. do we? What what do Burnley have to do to avoid a fourth straight home game where it's you know good Learned spells. Lessons. Good spell, learn for it. the
3: lessons. Not
1: don't push too
3: don't push too far forward. Play left back at left back. You know we, we I think we've got over that hurdle now. You know square pegs round holes against Villa pushing too deep balls over the top bad positioning for the goalkeeper etc etc. Learn your lessons. That's all you got to do. You learn your lessons and Villa um, Villa are a better side. The better, better set Better up, identity. Better identity. Um, I am not worried. About United as much as so I'm worried about Villa. I'm not saying we're going to beat United, not going to say we're even going to get a draw, but I think we've got a better chance in hindsight, having looked at Villa. United are nowhere near Villa, nowhere
2: near. Hmm. Not even close. It's staggering, isn't it? When you to, to, to put that down in black and white.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Well, it's going to be an interesting one. Well, another, another big game on turf, more. I mean, you know, tough start to the season, but it, it's it's a really, really good uh, test. Is this one having had that experience at Forest, where the team has shown that they they're still alive and the, and they've got solutions to things and and improving. So we'll see how they do against uh, Manchester United. After this break, we're going to go into it all with Chris Casper and talk a little bit about Salford City as well, where he works, uh, and of course, who Burnley play next week in the Carabao Cup but uh, that's all coming up after the break So to look ahead to the Manchester United uh, visit to Turf more on Saturday we have with us somebody who's got uh, connections to both clubs very strong connections to both clubs Chris Casper former Manchester United player and of course uh, a Burnley lad and uh, son of uh, Frank Casper former Burnley manager and player for the younger listeners. Um, Chris uh, now works at uh, Salford City as a sporting director there. So we will be able to talk to him a little bit about Tuesday's upcoming game uh, between Salford City and Burnley. But thought we'd pick his brains a little bit about the the visit of United to Turf Moor. Chris, it's not been a great start to the season for for either team, really. Burnley obviously picked up a little bit with that performance at Forest. United coming into this game on the back of what was a a strange sort of game against Bayern Munich, really, wasn't it? But what's your impressions of the two teams so far in these very early stages of the campaign?
4: Yeah, I think you're right, Simon. It's been a little bit indifferent start for, for both teams, really. I think starting with Burnley I think you know uh Man City, Aston Villa and Tottenham I think probably will be all in the top 6 so it was a one heck of a tough start um a new team again that Vincent's put together um but you could see in the especially in the in the Tottenham game, the first 20 20-25 minutes, I thought Burnley were excellent, and you know you could see the the uh, progression that uh, that has been made. And then obviously on Monday night, a really good performance, and apart from a, a really poor VAR decision, would have won the game. So um, you can, like I say, you can see the progression. Manchester United are, um, I don't know, they're in, I wouldn't say a transition, but they've not had a great transfer window. I can't say they have. Uh, mm. The lad, uh, Hoyland, looks a very, very good player. But again, he's still finding his feet. I still don't think they are settled in defence. I think you know, I think they, they've kept one clean sheet all season. And that was in the Wolves game. When, when we all know that Wolves had probably more chances at Old Trafford than anybody has over the last 20, 25 years. Um, and obviously the penalty towards the end, right at the end that they should have had, uh, conceded against them. So I think Burnley can definitely get to United. Uh, if they get on the front foot, um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it could go either way, really. Um, I think Burnley defensively looked better on Monday. I think Charlie Taylor adds that bit of experience and quality. I've always yeah. liked. I've always liked Charlie. I think he's a he's a top player. Um, so hopefully, you know, we're we, we're on the right track. And I know, obviously, um, you know, Vincent knows what he's doing, and and the staff and the the new players are looking now. Uh, more and more looking like the the gelling together, which is great. Just looking at, at United, you mentioned the
3: defence there, and the midfield, I guess, is the same, isn't it? There's no real settled midfield in what he wants to do. And do you think part of the problem is is that people don't fear United? I mean, you remember under Fergie, nobody wanted to go to Old Trafford, nobody wanted to to get there. But now you've got teams like Nottingham Forest taking two goals off them you know, Brighton beating them 3-1 in their own back. There's all these kind of... That fear factor almost appears to have gone out of Man United, yet last night against Bayern Munich, towards the end, you could see that desire. You could see that kind of flashes of what they were able to do. I guess, you know, with your your kind of for hat on, you want to make home ground somewhere where teams don't want to turn up at. Do you think there's almost a chance that playing away from home, there's a bit more freedom, a bit less expectation on them because they've lost that fear factor at Old Trafford?
4: Yeah, I think they, they definitely have, Andrew. Um, I did um, MUTV the other day with uh, the debate and we were talking about the Brighton game. And a lot of the talk was about Brighton coming to Manchester United and what a good team they are. And it was like, hang on a minute, With all respect, it's Brighton coming to Manchester United and coming to Old Trafford. In in the past, that would just have been a game that United would have just won the game. They'd have, you know, blown any opposition away or most opposition away. But, you know, a club like Brighton, like I say, they've they've been unbelievable. The, The recruitment of players has been fantastic. But United would still have had too much for Brighton. They came the other day, Brighton, and basically, you know, dominated United. And it's not become it's not the the fortress it used to be. And they might be better off going away, uh, hitting teams on the counter attack with um, Pelestri, who's got good pace, who's a really good attacking player. Obviously, Marcus Rashford, uh, and obviously, you know, the new lad Hoyland, So we have to be careful of that. But you know, defensively can definitely get to them. If Burnley get on the front foot, if we got on the front foot, then you know, we could score goals. Um I I have grave reservations about uh Anana, the keeper. I think he's my worst nightmare as a keeper with all respect. I think he's very uh uh excitable. I don't like excitable keepers. I say to my lad Charles, just stay calm, even if you make a mistake, just stay nice and calm. Don't try and rectify it straight away. And it's you know there are a lot of problems at manchester and the club itself is 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 changed so much since you know when i was there and the lack of leadership and the lack of strategy seems to be is is just it's just um it's unacceptable really that a club like that can can be in the situation that they are now um like i said people you know question the owners um you know obviously the Glaziers and that but I just think internally, you know, the the people doing the recruitment and, you know, the leadership in itself, I think is really, really poor. Um, but, you know, hopefully that's that's the Burnley's advantage on Saturday.
3: It's almost chalk and cheese with the kind of Burnley recruitment, isn't it? In terms of, you know, all these players Burnley have picked up cheap hoping to make big money on. I mean, we keep hearing that. You know, Hoy- um, sorry, Harland was offered to Manchester United. You know, um, Bellingham was offered to Manchester United. All these players were offered to Manchester United and battered away in terms of, you know, we know better and things like that. It's it's kind of strange. But I um, just wanted to pick up on Charlie because we, we didn't mention him in the intro. Cause we wanted to pick up on kind of his experience within that kind of, you know, Vincent Company regime. He's clearly, from Vinny's point of view, somebody who he's got a lot of faith in, and and sees as somebody who's, you know, got a real chance of making it. How's he finding the kind of dynamics working with the likes of Aron Murich and James Trafford? I guess Trafford, being closer to his age, is he's, he's almost the kind of carrot on the end of the stick, is he, in terms of this is what could happen if you work hard and and kind of, you know, set your
4: stall out as a keeper. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I mean, the first thing is, you know, Charlie. You know, I don't know it's easy to say, but talks of Vincent and the coaches in the highest of esteem. That, you know, the detail of work and the level of work that they do is absolutely brilliant. Um, his his goalkeeping coach Yala, is brilliant as well. Goes into a lot of detail with Charlie on his games and spends a lot of time with him. And you know, it, it's it's great when you've got those kind of experiences as a young as a young player that you are with the first team. Um, you know he's, he's a long way off the first team and he knows that at this moment in time and but to bring for Vincent to bring in a young English goalkeeper I think is actually really positive for Charlie because he will put his trust in young English goalkeepers which is great so um, you know and 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 Trafford is a is a top top keeper he's he's been unfortunate to have conceded a few goals this season um, you know obviously the first the first three games in particular but I think he's you know he's not had much chance with it with any of them really but I think he will develop into a really top keeper
1: yeah I mean it's it's interesting when you look at, at the way company has approached things that with with young players that he does seem to like we've seen with Colli Osho who he brought in who most of us when we saw that signing oh he's had he's had a few sub appearances for Espanyol he's 18 years old we'll probably see him emerge in some League Cup games and and maybe you know Next season, sometime we might see him more regularly. And he's thrown him straight in. Seeing something on the training ground that makes him think I can you know he'll develop better by actually playing in the first team. Um that must give a lot of confidence to young players when they see an eighteen year old kid thrown in like that and 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 thrive in that situation, yeah.
4: I think it's yeah, I totally agree, Simon. I think it's great for the club, it's great for the uh, under-21s and the 18s, that there is that development and that that pathway there that it will put trust in young players and if you're good enough, then you're going to play no matter how old you are. When we were put in the same situation at United, you know, uh, Ferguson wouldn't, you know, hold back on putting a young player in. That's just the way that the club was and, you know, hopefully Vincent and Burnley going down the same route of putting young players in, developing them, uh, putting the trust in them. I think that's the, the most important yeah. thing as well. There's nothing better than a, as being a young player ha- <clears throat> when your, your manager has confidence and trust in you. It makes you thrive. And you know the Burnley fans want young players and they want young players to come through as well. So um I think it's great for the club all around that those kind of you know it, it, it would be dead easy just for for Vincent and the club to recruit experienced players to try and stay in the division but that's not his style and he he will put Hundred percent confidence in himself as a coach that he can develop these players, and obviously he did that last year, and it looks like he'll do the same this year as well.
1: Yeah, it's, it's 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 interesting to see those kind of players coming through, and we haven't really had that for a long time at Burnley with those kind of signings. A player coming in from abroad who's young—it's it's almost the the opposite, really, of what of what Sean looked to recruit, isn't it? But who's who's impressed you from from the the players that company has come brought in either this season or last season? Who, who who stands out to you as a player that you you really enjoy watching, or that you think might have a future at a bigger club down the line?
4: Yeah, I, I've been impressed this year with uh, Lyle Foster. Unfortunately, he obviously got sent off the other day, but. He was one last year, with all respect, you know, Ashley Barnes uh, and Jay Rodriguez played most of the games up front and that. And when he came on, um, you know, it was difficult for him to get into games. Uh, he got the odd chance in League Cup and things like that. But again, it, it was difficult. But, you know, this year he looks like he's, he's really got, he's developed again, been working on the training ground. Um, and like I say he'll be kicking himself for that bit of of the other day really because for Burnley to lose him for three games is you know he's going to be a big loss really so to see someone like that develop has been has been great obviously uh, you know Benson every time he gets the ball you get on get the front you know on the edge of your seat with him and the goals he scored last year and obviously the goal he scored at Ewood Park I was right behind the Goal with the Burnley fans, and as soon as he hit it, it was it was in the top corner. I think he'd done that for the last two or three games. Um You know, Zarori as well, exciting. um You know, so it, 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 there's been you know a lot of good signings, and but I think Just as well. Bayer
1: as a centre half, you must you must appreciate Jordan Bayer's player Watching it as a as a former centre yeah. half yourself.
4: Yeah, Bay, I think he's got a real um a real future ahead of him. Um I thought Harwood Bellis as well last year. Uh, I don't know where he's ended up actually. I, he went Southampton. out to Southampton. Yeah. I thought we'd have, you know, I th- hoped he was he was going to come back, but obviously that didn't happen. Um but yeah, and and I think the 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 experienced players as well, you know, you Connor Roberts and Cullens and people like that have really stepped up and I thought they were outstanding last year, some really good professionals. Um, so yeah, it's um, it, it's, it's an exciting time, so yeah, So,
3: yeah, so you touched, I mean, you touched there on on kind of Vincent giving himself 100% back into developed players. Do you think that's part of the problem with United? I mean, Ten Hogs kind of brought in a few players who he knows from. Ajax, and as much as you're not convinced by the keeper, I've never been convinced by Anthony or Martinez or any of the, you know, his kind of recruitment feels like it's safe rather than, you know, the, the kid Hoyland looks like that kind of perfect signing, you know, his value has skyrocketed in 12 months from when he signed to um, from for Atalanta and then come to United. Do you think there's almost a, a, a I don't know, Ten Hag not backing himself to, to bring in younger, exciting players and develop him. He's, he's almost kind of falling back into players who he feels have done well for him in the past. But there's a big gap between Ajax, with the greatest of respect to Manchester United, and even where Manchester United are now, back in the Champions League. That that gap's massive, isn't it?
4: Yeah. Um, like I say, going back to our day, Man- Manchester United always, always brought the transfer record. You know, going right back to... 89 with Gary Pallister, and then again with Roy Keane, and then again with Yap Stam, Rio Ferdinand, Wayne Rooney, blah, blah, blah. It always added the best player to, or the best players to a really good squad and 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 a younger squad. Now it looks like he's going safe, he's going with players that he knows. And like you say, you mentioned before, Bellingham should have signed. You know, Harry Kane should have signed. In the past, they'd have been, they'd have been done, hundred percent. They'd have been done, and now there's something clearly wrong with the with the recruitment that they are letting those players slip through the fingers. It's just, it's absolute nonsense, really, that that can happen. Um it just doesn't look settled at all. You just wouldn't know what team Manchester United is going to put out, and the young players coming through. Again, with all respect, they. Academy. Obviously Garnacho could play Saturday. Um but you know he's not been he's not a you know, Manchester United developed player really. He's been, you know, brought in as a as a young squad player, really. Um that you know, you, the, there used to be a real steady stream. Every team, right from the under twelves, always had a superstar waiting to come through, you know. Obviously mm. Mason, Mason Green was is is an unfortunate one, and and whatever, but top, top, top player, and you know some great players, obviously Marcus Rashford and people like that. there doesn't seem to be that streamline of, of young kids anymore, and I say it, it stems right from the top. Um, you know, from the the academy being the foundation of the club seems to be now it's it's not and. You know what? Who is driving the recruitment? I just, I just wouldn't know. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a funny one. It's, it's a, it's a disappointing one, really, when you see a club like that, and you still obviously got connections that they're all over the place. And in now, will they, will they finish in the top four? It's going to be really difficult because you saw Spurs the other day. I mean, Spurs were just so good. Um, you know, Aston Villa, I thought, were outstanding. And then you've got Man City as well that played in, you know, it was a great time to play Man City because the first game of the season, they're just getting into the stride. I mean, once they get into the stride, they'll be unstoppable. Then you've obviously you've got Liverpool, you've got Arsenal, you've got Chelsea, like I said, Brighton, Newcastle. Man United's got to get in the top four, at least, and at this moment in time. You just can't see that.
1: No, you're right. It's, 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 it's a strange situation, that club. It's funny, somebody was talking, or I saw a clip, actually, that was flying around on social media about how uh, United missed out on Paul Gascoigne. And what a shock that was at the time that Ferguson had gone for a player who was the top young player in England that time. And, and he, he'd slipped through his fingers and ended up going to Spurs. And there's all sorts of stories about how that happened. And probably you could say Shearer was another one who, who, who Fergie apparently was very, very keen on signing, and and, and, and didn't get it done. But there, we remember those because they were so rare. Because as yeah. you say, like United used to go and get all those players. You know, the, every year they would go and, and pick somebody from 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 a top club as well. It's it, it's strange to see. Having said all that, quite often in the Premier League era that Burnley have been in, we've we've played United at a time where you think, oh, this is a really good time to play United and then they come to turf more, and that individual quality that they still have in the team of Bruno Fernandes or, or a player turns out to be just a little bit too much for Burnley. That was the case most of the Sean Dyche era anyway. Um, there's still a chance that happens, isn't there? As, as bad as United have been recently, they do have a lot of quality individual players there like Rashford who could, who could could who could kill a team like Burnley.
4: Yeah, like they've still got loads of quality in the team. There's no question about it. Um, like I said, Bruno and Casemiro scored a couple of goals last night, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, so going forward, they can still be a real threat. Um, obviously, we mentioned Hoyland. Uh he got his goal last night as well, so he'll be he'll be he'll be getting up to speed. But defensively, they've always been. They've always had good defenders. They've always been solid at the back. They've always built the foundations well at the back. Like I say, going right back to Bruce and Pallister and Ferdinand and uh, Vidic and Mm. Stam and people like. They've always had good, good defenders. And now, you know, with they've got they they finished the game at um, they finished the game at Arsenal with. I think Harry Maguire and um, Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans. Now, again, outstanding players, no question about it. But would they be the first choice if if Erickson, uh, Sorry, if uh, Ten Hag had the had the you know all these fit players, possibly not. But why should they not be playing as well? It, 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 but they've just not got the foundations right at the back. They've not got they've not got that solidity. And like I say, with the goalkeeper who. Is very very excitable. It, it, it mm. just it just leads to uncertainty right through the team, and especially in the back four, which is where I think Burnley can and you know we can really get about them and and cause them problems.
1: Yeah, it could end up being Jay, Jay Rodriguez up there, couldn't it? Because with Lyle Foster out, Company doesn't have many central attacking options, and Jay has quite a good record against United over the years. He, his movement would offer something different for Foster, wouldn't it? I know he's he's not as as young as he once was, but uh, could be an interesting one. That J J probably fancies chances away. United's
4: line has been the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's an experienced player. Is he's been a, an outstanding servant for the club. Um, you know, he could he could cause problems. Um, you know, but is it how do you pronounce it? Kilow Is that Koleosho, Collier- yeah, you know, and and those kind of players who, again, if they play like they did on uh, Monday, will cause United problems. They run forward and attack. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, doing it. <laughs> I'm Dooney. I'm Dooney. I'm so We've all them got them. to get used to it, Chris. I know yeah, it's a new I thing for Burnley. <laughs> yeah, you know, he scores a great goal. Um, you know, so they have got real attacking threats and options now. So hopefully. Can get about them and, and cause them problems
1: Let's throw it ahead to Tuesday then after this so Burn- Burnley uh, take on United at uh, the weekend and then a trip to your club Salford City you you must be looking forward to that or are you, are you not really is it a little bit of a mixed feeling thing when it's 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 two of your clubs if you like
4: Yeah I mean it's it's the first time it's happened so yeah. Uh, you know I've got to remain professional and, and do my job right but you know, it's uh, I've had quite a few ticket requests and things like that from from the Burnley fans, and I know they're looking forward to it. And I think the Burnley end is 15, 14, 1500 at Salford uh, in the Burnley, uh, sorry, in the away end. And I think the tickets went in half an hour, so be a lot of Burnley fans wanting to come to Salford because it's the first time they'll visit the the stadium. The new, you know, it's a new ground for so you know a lot. of you know yeah. fans at burnley you know over the past 25 30 years have been in every you know all four leagues so they'll have visited the most of the if not all the away grounds in the in the divisions apart from Salford so there'll be a real interest from them uh say it's 35 40 minutes down the road so there'll be a really good atmosphere at the game it is it's a it's a really tight ground uh that like i say it does forge a really good atmosphere and and should be a great game as well cuz we play in a style that, um, you know, we pass the ball from the back. We like to, to build from the back in 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 the same way that Burnley do. So it would be a real technical game and and hopefully an exciting one.
3: I think it's really interesting. We were chatting before and uh, about League Two and your start to the season, but having that philosophy, you, I, I guess you. You'll have the kind of belief that, you know, we have in in Vincent getting it right. You'll have that belief that actually if you build a philosophy and you build a style of play and then you get every single player buying into that style of play, that sooner or later, whether it's this season or whether it's next season, that will start to breed success. I mean, that must be quite exciting for you as a sporting director to be able to kind of help dictate an identity and a, a style of play and then, basically you know watch your head coach go out and do it head coach you know really well and you know you've worked with before there must be a real excitement that this project which we know of as the class of 92 project on the field could really become something in the next you know if not this season the next season or the season after
4: yeah absolutely I think it's 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 important to have an identity and it's important to identify the right head coach that's going to provide that identity. And I think with Neil Wood, we've got that. We were really unfortunate in the playoffs last year just to miss out uh, on penalties in the semi-final, which is obviously difficult to take. But um, again, from year upon year upon year, we've, we've improved the the league position. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important, like I say, to have that identity. And then when you've got that, it becomes really easy to well not easy, but it becomes a lot more simple to recruit the players because you know what the manager wants the way that he wants to play. And basically you ask the question of the recruitment guys, can this player fit into that system? And you know, the way that they identify players and you know what they've got to do to identify players makes it an awful lot simpler for for them as well because they know in which the way that we want to play, whether that's you know a centre off from the back who who's good good with the good with the ball passing out. The goalkeeper has to be good with his feet. The midfielders have to be be able to play on the half turn and be able to you know be comfortable in possession of the ball. Uh, we have to have pace in the wide areas which we've got. Um, you know and and a, and a striker in in Matt Smith that actually when you look at his profile you'll say well does he really fit the the the, the identity well when you're six foot six and he can get hold of the ball and he can, when you're crossing the ball and he scores the amount of goals that he does, then yeah, uh, and if you get players playing off him and around him and running off him. So we've got, an, like I say, a real identity and it, it, it's hopefully running through the club now. We've just uh, achieved Category 3 status for the academy, which means now we've got 9s to 16s and it's the first year that we've done that. Um That will take time to develop, but from the first team to the B team, to the under 18s to the nines to sixteens, hopefully you get that playing philosophy that is, you know, your identity and it is clearly 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 seen. And I think it's the way that people want to play anyway. And and what fans want to wants to see, they want they want to see good football, they want to see attacking football, penetrating football where players are running in behind, the ball's getting slid in behind, crosses into the box. Um and, and controlled possession so hopefully we've got that um like I said we've not had the best of starts this year through you know some bad luck really and, and injuries um, but we have beaten two championship teams in the cup which you know and, and two good teams you know in Preston and Leeds so yeah the signs are okay that signs are getting there that we'll be we'll be okay again this year I'm mean, slightly I think-
3: surprised it's not on TV. I think a lot of Burnley fans are slightly surprised it's not on TV. Local Derby, like you say, two styles of football, which should make for a really interesting clash. I mean, it, it almost seemed perfect for, for TV, yet, you know, I don't know who's on, but it'd be somebody who's been on already, won't it? I'm guessing. But are, are you a bit surprised that you've not got a bit more exposure because of that style of playing, you know, showcasing against a team like Burnley?
4: Yeah, uh, absolutely. We were on in the last round though, so I think they uh, Uh, they they probably try and share share it around a little bit, and I think they get a bit of stick because I think out of the lower leagues, we're on more than anybody. Um, So then there's the Gary
1: connection, so people are going about that as well. Yeah,
4: yeah. Disappointing. I I thought we were absolutely nailed on for the game to be on to be on Sky or TV, whatever it's going to be. But yeah, disappointing that. Just, just,
1: just before we wrap up, I was just interested in what you're saying there about about the style of play because I think a lot of people who don't watch football in the in the bottom two two divisions probably don't realise how much it's changed over the last, I would say, five years. Really, I mean, I, I, I when I was back in England, I used to go on Stanley quite a bit if if there wasn't a Burnley game or or, or a game that I was covering, and I was amazed over the last two or three years how many teams came to a ground like Accrington Stanley and were playing out from the back with a goalkeeper who's decent with his feet. And it seems like those days of, you know, the English lower divisions being the sort of last bastion of sort of direct football and route one football. I mean, I know, I know there are some teams who were very good at doing that. But am I right there that it's changed significantly, hasn't it? Is, is, is that the influence of sporting directors, uh, coaches going through different education processes. Why, why do you think that's happened?
4: I think you probably go right back to um, Barcelona, the way that they played right back in the mid uh, 2000s. Uh, and then obviously the influence of uh, Pep Guardiola, uh, the Spanish teams of 2012, 2014, I think it was. Uh, the ticky-tacky football, and everybody, had, you know, once that kicked in, everybody wanted to be that and become the coaches of, like, say, Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp and people like that. And I think the education systems changed an awful lot. The the FA's way of playing uh, and coaching has drastically changed. Even, you know, when I was doing my badges, it's it's a lot more different in the style of education and the style of coaching. Um, I think. You know, I worked at the Premier League, and when we delivered the EPPP, the Elite Player Performance Plan, I think that's had a, a big impact on young yeah. coaches' um, access to players. They're getting more coaching. Um, I've done a session with a with a with a group today, joined in today, and the pace in which they play is absolutely frightening. the the The, te- the technique they've got these days is is absolutely phenomenal Um, and I think that runs all the way through the system and I think that's why you see in the kind of style of play now that players are technically that good, that they're so comfortable in possession of the ball. Tactically, the coaches have got so much access to analysis, whether that's pre-match analysis of the opposition, post-match analysis. Even our, you know, our under-18s, we play Bolton on Saturday, we just analysed Bolton's Uh, Bolton's performance and how we're actually going to approach the game and that's accessible these days and everybody Mm. they'll have done the same with us it's just that accessible so there's so many factors now that comes into play with the style of playing, how people want to coach, how people want to play um, and it's definitely changed over the last 10, 15 years. You know, long gone are the days where... And you'll always get the the occasional one. I mean, we played at Stevenage last year and fair play to them. You know, they went up, um, you know, on a, 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 a... Not a great budget, I suppose, but Steve Steve did a great job, Steve Evans. Um, they were direct and they were the first to admit it. They got some good players and they knew how to play and they were well coached in the way that they knew they wanted to play. Uh, and again, this year they've they've done well. I think towards the top, you know for, for Stevenage to be competing at the top of League One with you know some really strong teams in there is is testament to that. So there is still one or two teams around that do you know will play in that way, but I think in general now it's changed an awful lot, especially like I say in the in the bottom tiers and and even the Conference Conference North. You know, there's a lot of teams want to play in the same way.
1: Yeah. It's going to be an interesting one. I think we all look forward to seeing that on Tuesday. We all look forward to Saturday. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you coming on, especially at short notice like that. Um, It's been great talking to you and uh, all the best.
4: Pleasure. Thank you very much. Well, thanks very much for listening
1: to this episode. We'll be back, of course, after the United game with another episode on Monday, looking back on everything that happened in that game and looking ahead a little bit to the Salford City game. And, uh, of course, if you do follow us on a podcast uh, service, then please do uh, subscribe, rate us, leave us a comment, and uh, do let us know on social media as well if you have any ideas for guests or what you think about the show. Let us know, positive or negative, we can take it. And we're at Behold Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, have a great weekend.